Hey everybody, welcome to No One Told Me. My name is Callie and I honestly, I don't know what this intro is going to sound like. I woke up without a voice and I'm fairly certain it's from all of the panic yelling every time this new puppy of ours starts circling the spot on the rug. You know, when, when you know something's about to happen and you're trying to stop it before it happens. I did not realize the diciness that is training a puppy. So I've just, I've got to get my mind right about it, you know? But speaking of getting my mind right, let's talk about spiraling. So if our goal is to cultivate peace this month, that means we have to cultivate our thought life. Instead of just letting thoughts float in and out, leaving whatever damage they may in their wake, what if we thought about our thoughts? That feels overwhelming, and I don't actually know where to start on the concept. So I asked my friend Allison, a licensed therapist, how do we maintain our footing when the avalanche of thoughts, feelings, and circumstance just keep knocking our feet out from under us? This gets deep, so take your time. And hey, if you haven't heard, the collective, a gathering of women in pursuit of the more Jesus has for them, it's back. We kick off January 27th at Backroads Market. This is a space where we take it past just pushing play each week and we show up and we pursue our more with a community of women cheering hard for each other. I really hope you'll be a part of it. You can find out more by following at NOTM podcast on Instagram. But for now, here's my conversation with Allison. I did just explain to Allison that when you eat Mexican, you have to have a Diet Coke with it. She didn't. My world has changed. She didn't know. My life is no longer the same. I just so. needed you to to understand that those two and now things. Now you're imparting this wisdom to others. Guys, this I is mean, what we do. This is my life's work. <laughs> I just want you to understand understand what you can have Diet Coke with. Like, why hold back? But anywho, and I at the collective, I got your official what is your official like this is my job when you're telling oh. someone what is it uh, well I tell people I'm a therapist but then my official like the letters after my name are licensed marriage family there I can't there's an and in there I think you marriage and family LMFG I, I think I don't put the and on the card <laughs> so I just I'll just take so, a picture of your business card yeah. and I'll uh, I'll put it with Upload everything. It. <laughs> um, but we were talking about the random collections that like when you're trying to buy gifts for family and you're trying to figure out what someone wants, right? You'll just see something in their house and they must love those. And before you know it, it's a collection. So like my mom liked teapots for maybe six months span. She mm-hmm. bought like three teapots. And so for the rest of her life, all we have bought her. She has the world's largest teapot collection and now. It made yeah. me think of my husband, Ryan. I had to learn early on in our relationship that if I touched something in a store <laughs> or even was like, oh, that's cute, then he would make a mental note and I would get it as a gift. Oh, wow. He always remembered. I love that. Right? So it's great that he had that kind of memory. But I love this problem- car. Look at this car, honey. Do you see this Audi? <laughs> I'm going to touch it. <laughs> Do you see my hand <laughs> on it? Do you see my Magically hand? appears <laughs> in Christmas. <laughs> but he, and that was so great. He, he got in his head that I liked the color green for a long time, like neon green. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So he got me like this neon green jacket, green shoes. What was the origin of that? I don't know. But it just goes back to how hard it is to buy gifts for it people. Is, yeah, it's true. Even the people you know the best, you're like, mm-hmm. but what would they actually 
want. See, now that's, my husband is thoughtful like that. He will remember things. I, I don't even know what I say. I say so much stuff. Right, and that's he's where got, I'm at. I'm like, like, I'm always He talking. tracks it somehow. Like, there's so he has like a spreadsheet. That, I mean, he does, <laughs> like, probably. September 7th, 2017. Oh, I kid you not, Callie, if you make the suggestion, it will happen. He's, his spreadsheets are his thing. Um, <laughs> me, however, I can't remember anything. I know. This is the story of my me, life. He will look at me directly and go, make a mental note, Allison. I want this book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Great. And like Christmas comes around, I get him a set of knives because I don't remember what the book was. <laughs> Here's a knife. You seem to like them. I don't, you used one. Well, once. you know what my thinking is, is I am so, I'm so tired of trying to keep these things sharp. We're just going to replace them every other year. And guess what? That's going to be your gift. <laughs> I know Joke was at a friend's house the other day and she was about to start cooking and she pulled out a knife sharpener and I made fun of it. I was like, who does that? Like, you just get new ones. <laughs> yeah, and then I started no. asking and people were like, no, I sharpened my knives. Oh, my husband sharpens them. Yeah. He sharpened them. Before before we opened gifts, I let him sharpen all the knives, even though, yes, I bought him knives. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil it. Hey, no, I, you I couldn't give it away. Re- yeah, I know. What did he get you this year? Um. Oh, he got me gift cards. I was like, yes. <laughs> you go do what just you want. Give me a wad of cash and tell me to go have fun. So I got gift cards. I kind of have an eclectic style. Sometimes I can go really like very traditional and then sometimes I just go way out there. But you've seen me. I mean, you've seen I I have wide jeans that are. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, Allison's outfits are some of my favorite things. She walked in one time. We were at an event and she walked in. And she had on these wide leg jeans. I they had, were huge too. They, they, they are. Yeah. They were just right though. I mean, I they, they were are. just I, right. But you like consignment. I love you? consignments. How do you, do you clean out your closet? Like when do you decide you're moving on? From so that's it? why I like consignment. Cause yep. I like to change things out and I don't want to feel bad about yes. spending money. So, um, somewhere out there, someone has Allison's collection of stuff in there. They've got it at Carm, but that's usually where all my stuff goes. If I, if I, if I call the closet, which carm? Because that's the carm I want to go to. You know? It's the one on <laughs> the one on Kingston and uh, Level. Um, it's usually where it goes. Um, yeah, so I will call the closet every season. Well, I've also noticed I will wear the same three or four things over and over again. Yeah. So yeah. why do I have so many things? I make a mental note though. I am like, okay, you are going to wear every single item mm-hmm. this season. It doesn't happen, but I keep them because. I don't know. Sometimes it's sentimental. They're not always things that I always would always wear. They're like usually things I would wear for clients or something like that. Do you know I still have the shirt that Ryan and I went on our first date in? It's this yellow spaghetti strap shirt that has like some beading on the front. It's a little longer. Nice. I still have it. I can't get rid of it. And I have one of the dresses I wore on our I wore on our honeymoon. It like it really wasn't. It literally was like straight out of Coles, but. That's what I thought about our first date. Yeah. <laughs> Straight out of coals. I didn't know if he I'm was not the one yet. yet it, you know, right? I, I couldn't you know. bring everything right. at that point. I had to like ease him into <laughs> what much. I could do. I would never wear either item now. I right. just couldn't. It doesn't look right. But I. I mean, it's just you like it, you wear it. My friend Kaylee says, "Wear whatever you want. Don't question it. Just don't look down at it when you're wearing it. Like, just put it on, leave the house, <laughs> and don't look down. And then that way, you know." <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure I could do that. I sometimes walk out. I'm like, did I check myself in the mirror? I have to make sure that everything is zipped. And Can I tell right. you, I have this one mirror that makes you look 20 pounds lighter. 
it, I don't know if it's the angle of it. I don't know what it is, but it is magical. That it's like is. the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, oh my but gosh. it's a mirror. I know. I when know. you all right, this is this is just kind of like information that everybody needs to know. When you buy a mirror, like a full length mirror, mm-hmm. you have got to go look around. You can't you just buy the. I mean, because some of those are mean. Yes, and they will hurt you. Yes, you need to find the ones that are your friend. Yes, and that twenty pound light, that is it. It is yes. my friend. But then there's one on the back of our door. When we moved into this house, it's just on the back of our bedroom door, and it is not my friend. Oh, and is it, it sometimes mirror? if I need a reality <laughs> check, like this mirror makes this outfit look. <laughs> really good but I'm not confident I have some doubts that it looks like this I have to turn around to the other door (laughs) and it it tells me what I need to know it's you know what it has it's all truth no grace no yes Yes. mirrors should not be truthful (laughs) we have enough of that in our life we really do so this whole month of January we are going to talk about cultivating peace that is our theme for the month because Jesus says when he's leaving the disciples Peace I leave you. Peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. This peace is going to stay with you. It's never ending peace, right? right? But we don't treat we don't treat it that way. We we leave it behind or we're really it's hard to find sometimes, right? And so mm-hmm. we think it must be gone. And so how do we cultivate it? How do we continue to grow it? And I will say and this is what we had you talk about at the collective last summer Allison was our thought life. I mean, that's one of the top threats to our piece is our thought processes. What are we thinking about? What are we allowing in? When we look in that mirror, what are we allowing in that is then dictating the rest of our day? So how do you most commonly see the way that we think, how it's tied to the peace that we seek? So I'm gonna say something really unpopular. it's this is never popular, but when you look at scripture and where you find peace, peace is I I wouldn't say exclusively, but it is almost always linked with obedience. Mm-hmm. You get peace through obedience. Mm-hmm. Um and that makes sense. And and obedience isn't do this, do that. Obedience is acting according to the will of God and how scripture has has told us to behave. And when we're not doing that, we don't have peace. And so these two things, I mean, it's kind of common sense, but our thought life is either going to contribute to cultivating obedience or it's going to contribute. I mean, you're doing one of two things. Mm -hmm. There is no purgatory in our sin life. I mean, you're either going one direction or the other direction. Mm -hmm. Our thought life is inextricably linked to how, how well we receive or cultivate or nurture or seek out peace. Mm-hmm. For you personally, what does it look like when you think you're there and you're like, okay, I've got a grip on this piece. Like, I feel like it's really growing and I, I really know where to go to find it. Mm-hmm. Personally for you, what steals it most often? This side of heaven, this is always going to be a somewhat tenuous experience for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are resting in the peace. I mean, we, we understand that. I mean, and grace is a state. It's not a feeling. All of these things we can know, but because we wrestle with our flesh all the time, I mean, this is, it, it always feels a little bit tenuous. Mm-hmm. And it, so for me, honestly, I'd love to say that, you know, there's, I'd, I'd love to have a great, sophisticated, elegant answer for that. But I, I mean, it could be dinner. Who knows what can steal it? Sometimes yeah. it's the most innocuous, benign thing. Like I have laundry or my kid said something or, Ugh, I just don't want to do this. And yep. you, 
any manner of things can do it. Yeah. So. What mm-hmm. I want our focus to be is how can we be more intentional about protecting it and growing it and yeah. making sure that we know where to return to. Mm-hmm. So how can we be more uh, intentional? How do we filter what we tell ourselves? It looks like doing it, first of all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it. here's something that I think we we don't do well. We understand something and we understand where we want to go. We do not do the process well. We don't, I mean, we, people don't struggle well. Mm-hmm. And this is a struggle. Mm-hmm. So when you start to, I was telling my husband earlier today, I said, you know, about five, maybe five, seven years ago, I started practicing the idea of, I want to stop intrusive thoughts. I don't have a good way of doing that other than just Physically, mentally, I mean, just once I become aware of it, I stop, I say no, I'll start with no. And then I will begin to talk myself out of, I don't want to do that. This is not how I want to be thinking. I'll start replacing them with positive, truthful Mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took about, you know, now. I'm today years old when this is now something that I can do without a lot of struggle. And the reason for that is because we habituate ourselves around our thought life. I mean, we habituate ourselves to being bullied by these intrusive thoughts, thinking we don't have choices. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, our brain is a, you know, it's a historical organ. It does what it did. And so it's going to continue that pattern. Well, we, we don't have to live like that. Mm-hmm. But we do have to appreciate that struggle is not failure. Struggle mm-hmm. is hard. But it doesn't mean you're failing at it. Mm-hmm. Now, are you going to fail at times? Yeah, because you're human. We all do. But when you know better, you do better. And what we want to do is you want to close the gap between the time that the, the thought ap- appears and you become aware that it's an intrusive thought. Mm-hmm. So once you close that gap, that awareness is also part of that intentionality. But the truth of the matter is it's hard. Mm-hmm. And that struggle is not failure. I think where I get stuck, Allison, is that struggle creates failure. Like the moment it is hard, I'm like, I stink at this. Like right. I clearly can't do it. So I'm not going to put any more energy into it. Right. And right. it's like, let me go do something that I know is going to work and that I know I can do yeah. instead of struggling through what this can look like because it's not going to happen fast. It's Mm-mm. like you said, you're still at this point actively it's starts over every day yeah. every morning you have to reset right and right. and start again but just because you struggle with it does not mean you're failing at it no it, no and think about what it, my husband actually pointed this out he's look at tiktok you see these and, and you and it's not just you're not seeing these people do amazing things you're seeing them do amazing things in like rapid time so these people get on tiktok and they produce like you know the Sistine Chapel in 10 minutes and you're like, oh my gosh, like blindfolded with, you know, I with don't their know, with their hand behind yeah. their back. Right. And so, <laughs> right, exactly. Finger paint. With their toes. Um, and you think that that's what, it, but what you didn't see is the 25 years leading up to this, mm-hmm. to where this person, what I would love to see is somebody, you know, I'm going to start a TikTok channel where you're going to watch me try to master something. And 10 mm-hmm. years from now, if you're still with me, I may have mastered it. But we are a society that everything is fast. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this earlier. We, we live in a society where we like distraction. We don't like sitting in anything. Um, even gratification is fleeting. Mm-hmm. 
which is why you're continually going, you know, trying to find the next fix, mm-hmm. the next happy place. Mm-hmm. But it's all fleeting. Yeah. And I mean, I can understand why. I mean, we believe that it serves us in that you feel less responsible for decisions if they're making if you're making them quickly or you mm-hmm. you have less thought behind them and if things continue to move and life just continues to move on then the past gets put behind you faster mm-hmm. the, none of this is true by the way but this is what we tell ourselves if we can just jump to the next thing yes we don't have to focus on this i thing don't want to struggle i just want to go from here to when i'm healthy mm-hmm. and you can't jump over the process. Mm-hmm. It's why therapy takes time. And it just, it is what it is. Human beings don't don't change that way without divine intervention. Mm-hmm. And God has always been a God of order and process throughout all of history. We've seen that. Now, has he done miracles? Yeah, absolutely. No one's denying that. That's not even an argument. Mm-hmm. But there is such value in the process that there's a reason why that exists Mm -hmm. and why human beings don't change on a dime. Well, I'd also say that's why so many New Year's resolutions fail is it takes such consistency and that intentionality again of I've committed to this. So every day, even if I didn't do great the day before, every day I'm starting over, I'm resetting and I'm going to do it. Right. right? I mean, that's what, speaking of TikTok, some of my favorites are the people who are like, hey, I started on at 2021. Here's what I started doing on January 1st. Here's where I am now. And so you see the quick shots, but again, it's all within, you know, three minutes. You see all the work that they did and it makes you think, well, they did that fast. Like right. I'm going to start. <laughs> I drink like three minutes. <laughs> I drink more water today, and I worked out for thirty minutes. I Where will, are my results? Three minutes from now, I have fifty pounds. Yes, of right, off of me. right. And so <laughs> it's the process, though. Like showing up for the process every day. Yeah. So let's lean into what that process looks like. Okay. Right. So how do we, when it comes to our thoughts, we're like, hey, we don't want to think like this anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't want to allow these thoughts to dictate how we approach the world, how we approach our relationships, our job, our home, whatever. So how do we practically isolate those thoughts? Right. Okay. So one of the things we have to get out of our head is we don't get credit for thinking about it. We have to, (laughs) it's like the new year's resolutions. I love, I mean, I've been there. I mean, good heavens. I have journals where I've written this year. I'm going to write a book and then, (laughs) yeah, I haven't written a book. Um, (laughs) Thought about it. I thought about it. But the reality is, is that there are statistics that demonstrate writing stuff down, you're astronomically more likely to do something if you write it down. So just keep that in mind. So the process of being intentional, again, it is a matter of you have to decide that it's valuable. You do what you want to do. That's it. I mean, you're going to do what you want to do. And if you're finding that you're struggling with keeping these thoughts at bay or these intrusive, and and I, I need to just take a moment and acknowledge some things about intrusive thoughts. There are things that have happened to us and there are experiences that we have had that have caused significant damage Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts are brutal and painful. Mm -hmm. And so it's not always a matter, you know, these intrusive thoughts that I'm talking about aren't simply, you know, what do I need to do in five minutes from now? They can be indescribably painful. Sure. And so it is a serious matter when we talk about trying to get this process under control. 
acknowledging the thought, first of all, acknowledging this is where I am. There is a belief in psychology that when we try to fight these things, we actually create more harm than than we're served by. We, we are not served by fighting the thoughts. And the tendency is to want to stuff it. Mm-hmm. The tendency is to want to, to make the intrusive thought disappear. Mm-hmm. It, that doesn't happen. The, somebody said it this way, and I thought it was a good way of describing it. When we bury thoughts, we bury them alive, and they usually come back in ways we can't control, in ways we didn't expect. So we need to first acknowledge this is where I am. And it's something that I'm a big proponent of this idea of love yourself enough to want to change and grow. But I, I think that we need to acknowledge that there are times when we need to change. And that it doesn't have to be an either or. Life is both and, and it's pretty gray. Mm-hmm. And so we want to accept, okay, this is, these are the things I'm struggling with. They're real and they're painful. I would also encourage you to get help. I mean, find people who can help you. It is really difficult to go through some of these things alone and isolated, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about really traumatic thoughts. Those things tend to isolate because that's what the enemy wants you to do. Mm-hmm. He wants you to feel ashamed, condemned, and alone. And you don't have to feel those things. And so the process begins with acceptance. The other thing is you have to address the thought. Thoughts can be bullies, like feelings. They can be bullies. I mean, you can have feelings bully you, and until you begin to engage them, they will. One of the biggest challenges and probably the biggest myths about our thought life or our feelings is that I don't have any control. Mm-hmm. Okay. It can feel a lot like that. And there are times when, in fact, yes, you may have passed the Rubicon, your frontal lobe is shut down, and your fight or flight or freeze alert system has activated yeah that's that's true but prior to that happening prior to that activation prior to your you know executive functioning shutting down you do have an element of control and that's where I talk about we want to close that gap Mm -hmm. between the moment that the thought comes up or the feeling comes up and you go okay I need to address this there's also an element of once you've accepted it and you've addressed the thought of letting it go And what I mean by that is not burying it, but allowing it to just be. So if you think of it, a thought as something that you grip to try and hold on to, to control, think of it as something that you let go of and just let it be. Just because you think something doesn't make it true. Just because you feel something doesn't make it truth. Now, there are those components where you're accepting and you're addressing and then you're releasing And you also want to make sure that you're praying about this as well. You don't understand the character of God apart from reading scripture. Mm -hmm. You need to understand the character and the nature of God. And I think that's also part of trusting the process. I mean, God tells us that if we're tempted, he gives us a way out. Think of your intrusive thoughts as temptation. But if you don't really trust that God wants good things for you, Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you may believe that he's, you know, all-knowing, all-powerful, a provider, and all of the things with the Bible says that he does, but if you don't believe he wants good things for you personally, you don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our journey begins with, do I even believe what God says about what he wants for me? Mm-hmm. And I think what we find is that 
we know a lot about God, but we don't know him intimately. Or we don't even, I mean, we don't even know what that looks like. Well, I think we are. One of the biggest questions that's getting asked, and I mean, everything you just said, there's a lot to circle back to. One of the biggest things, I think, is we bury our thoughts alive. Mm -hmm. So for me, I always talk about, have this little box in my head, and it's when this thought comes in or something that causes me anxiety or something that, mm -hmm. you know, stresses me out, I just put it in that box and I shut the box and I shove it in the back. And it's all gone. And it's gone, <laughs> right? And I'm like, okay, it's dealt with. But do you want to know what comes back every single time? Yeah. The same thought yeah. over and over in like those moments of silence or when a new opportunity comes or when, um, you know, I'm about to do something that's kind of scary. Guess what comes back out of the box? Right. Every single time it's that same thought because... I've not really looked at it and kind of inspected it to figure out what of this serves me well and right. what does not. And so I think that when you said um, we bury them alive, you can mm -hmm. bury them all you want, but they're still alive and they're still there because you're not looking at the root of it and you're not looking at the question you just asked. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that God wants good for me? Right. Do I believe that's true for me? Right. I can yeah. believe it on behalf of everyone else. Do I believe it for me? And that identity question, if you look at research right now that's coming out about millennial generation yeah. and under the number one question they're asking is, who am I? So when we get to that big identity question, Allison, of who am I, how does what you think end up impacting positively and negatively who you are, who you believe yourself to be or mm -hmm. who you present yourself to be? It is everything mm -hmm. it is everything if you want to grow a lie try to suppress it mm -hmm. and lies don't just hang out by themselves they get friends and their friends usually come back in the form of negative feelings and thoughts about other stuff and what ifs and all of those things so your thought life <laughs> is everything I i'm going to start with the heart and, and the heart and our thought life are are a little bit different and I think even scripture defines them differently. I always say that you heal in your heart, you don't heal in your thoughts. The heart is what we believe. It's where our beliefs kind of reside. The mind is what we think. So scripture tells us from the heart all things flow. So we know that that is an origin point. Mm -hmm. That's really what drives those thoughts. And that goes back to what I was saying about what do you believe? What do you what have you internalized? What you internalize about yourself. And that's usually what has happened in formative years. That's why we go back to what, you know, we talk about your family. What happened in your family? What did you internalize about yourself? Because your little teeny tiny brain at that point is forming. Mm -hmm. And as it's forming, it's collecting ideas about mm -hmm. who it is. And so all of that experience, I mean, honestly, if people understood what God really, really charged parents with, there would be no people. Mm -hmm. It is a huge Herculean task. We would, we would stop. We would just stop. So I would tell... I would tell your listeners, you, you have to go back to what is it that you have internalized about who you are, because that's what's going to drive what you think about yourself. Mm -hmm. And our thoughts are kind of the indicators of what we've internalized. Yeah. And that was the passage that you're touching on is one of the first verses that I learned in high school, which is Proverbs 423, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Yeah. And at that time, I thought it just applied to like, relationships like I'm not gonna hand my heart off to just any old guy you know but I mean it is it's everything yeah, I mean what is. you let in is going to come out it yeah. always does yeah. and that is you know we say hindsight in hindsight the things that I have allowed into my heart 
are still coming out now. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, because in ways you don't even know it is shaping you, right. right? Yeah. And so I think that's what you're talking about with our thoughts is what is in your heart flows into your thoughts and mm-hmm. flows in through your words. Right. And that's the power of words, which yeah. we, we were talking about before we even hit record. But once that spiral kind of starts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know the spiral I'm talking about. Yeah. It's like you crack the door open and one thought comes in. It's and then, <laughs> Yes, and then they all come in. I mean, how do you... How do you stop it? How do you break that cycle? Just going back to the process part. Something that I think we struggle with, giving ourselves a lot of grace. Mm-hmm. Because we have these spirals, and what comes with the spiral is I am failing. I'm doing something wrong. If I had this under control, I wouldn't be doing this. If I, you know, if I was something else, mm-hmm. this wouldn't be. And I would just encourage people, no. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. Mm. You are exactly who you are supposed to be at this moment to deal with what it is you're dealing with. Don't hear, you don't need to change or grow. That's not what I'm saying. But we need to stop beating ourselves up about what we are failing to do. Mm-hmm. So give yourself a lot of grace. Just, I mean, the minute you start to spiral, take a moment, step back. And I say this in in, in counseling a lot because I think that and the more that I've, I've used this technique, the more I've been a believer of it. There is a part of us that's a very young part. And if you look at the, the injuries that we suffer as children, psychologically, physical, all of those things, when we endure those injuries, they, those are landmarks in our chronology. There are elements of our development that stop at that at that age at that injury age hmm. is a is one of the beliefs and and I I think that there's a lot of truth to that we need to start being gentle with ourselves in a way that our young self was not treated this is not to throw parents under the bus or anyone's caretaker under the bus the reality is is that we're we're flawed and we're failed human beings I mean we we and we're gonna like I'm gonna fail as a parent You know, like this is not to shame the work that parents have done. Guess what? I'm probably going to cause some damage. I probably already caused it. Having said that, there are parents and relatives that did terrible things. And yeah, they did terrible things. Mm -hmm. And we need to also acknowledge that that's a reality as well. So I would say the first thing you want to do is just take a moment, pause and go, okay, all right, I'm going to give myself some grace here. And then there are things that we do, just neurologically, there are things that we can do that help. And there are physiological things, uh, somatic things, regulating your breathing, kind of being aware of how you're breathing. Usually your heart rate is increased and your breathing is increased. And sometimes that happens. Start to slow the breathing down. We cannot think our heart rate down, but we can breathe in a way that will will help to slow it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about give it eight breaths and then go, this didn't work. I'm talking about you need to sit there for a good five, 10 minutes until you can just get it. Walk around, get up, move, breathe, tell yourself encouraging things like, you know, I'm here, I'm with you. You've got this. It's going to, it's going to be okay. It feels terrible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge that it's distressing. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the, the neurology here for a second. So the brain, we have two networks. We have a default mode network and then we have a task network. And the default mode network is kind of where your spiral happens. It's sort of this daydreamy sort of like, you know, where you lose yourself. Well, the the belief and the understanding is that you can't have both networks activated at the same time. So mm-hmm. 
this is one of those times where distraction as a strategy would be helpful. Mm -hmm. So have a plan. That's the other thing. If you know that you are struggling with these intrusive thoughts that cause spirals, have a plan. Write something out. This is what I'm going to do. And if that doesn't work, here's my backup plan. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to call a lifeline. Practically, what does that look like? So the the plan would look like breathe, Mm -hmm. walk, um, go alternate hot and cold water grounding techniques that you know work some people have uh weighted blankets whatever types of ground and you can google grounding techniques Mm -hmm. i mean i've done this this is you're not going to get weird stuff i say that just (laughs) my 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 experience is you won't get weird stuff you want to get the body regulated first Mm -hmm. so i would start addressing the physiological parts and then from that you can kind of get back into your head but I would not start going okay I'm gonna think myself you do want to accept where you are and part of the acceptance is okay I I am in distress and addressing it is I have to address the physiological part of this Mm -hmm. and then you can go to the thoughts and release stuff Mm -hmm. um but you're creating space for that yeah yeah our bodies know things before I mean it may be the difference of a nanosecond but we have things appear before we're aware Mm -hmm. that's sort of how the alert system works I mean you can't be sitting there trying to think through oh that's a saber-toothed tiger no your body goes recognizes immediately and then your brain goes tiger Mm -hmm. no that is I just when you said like there's have a plan um, I'm always like, okay, what should my plan be? And then I don't know where to start, so I don't ever create one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something about the idea of silence. There is something about silence, just living with your thoughts mm-hmm. for a moment, living with whatever is, is happening internally without. Music is fantastic, but it, it, it is a mask sometimes for the things that we mm-hmm. ought to be mm-hmm. addressing. I'm trying to make, if I turn on a show, so my coping used to be I would turn something on TV mm-hmm. or I would watch something or I would scroll social media, but all I was doing was numbing it. Yeah. I was not yeah. looking at it. I was not silencing it at all. I was just numbing it. It's why I would go to bed. I started going to bed way too late because I would scroll so I wouldn't have to be with my thoughts, right? right? right. But sometimes it's okay to make it a part of your plan. I'm just going to go and quietly let them flow through and mm-hmm. look at them after I do these other parts of my plan. Like yeah. the body part. I would include silence in your plan and I would mm-hmm. alternate the plan. What silence does is we basically we need to learn to live with ourselves. Yeah. I think a lot of what we struggle with also is this idea of being comfortable in our own skin. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that because we've trained ourselves not to. Mm-hmm. And so silence really forces you to... Find ways where you can start to live with yourself. Learn to like yourself mm-hmm. and who you are, even the parts of you that aren't great. That's where we start to practice that that grace and acceptance. Mm-hmm. I learned that about myself, my distracting mechanisms that I always call it into play but I also got extremely uncomfortable if I had to look at the hard stuff you know I got so I don't mind to do it with anyone else Uh, you know like we'll talk through your hard stuff all you want I love that but then when someone flips it and they ask me about my hard stuff I squirm a little bit because I'm like this is either embarrassing or too personal or it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But within that vulnerability is a lot of times where community is built, where yeah. you're, you know, like where you're like, hey, this is where my struggle is right now. But when I invite the Holy Spirit into those thoughts is when it's a little less shame filled and a little mm-hmm. more just honest. This is where I'm at. What do you say about it? 
Yeah. Um, and then I'm able to present it to somebody else. Jesus is gentle. Mm. He does not shame us. I mean, he judges our sin. But when he deals with us, he deals with us with such kindness and gentleness in a way we don't deal with our own selves. When you start to feel uncomfortable, something that might be helpful, ask yourself, what does it mean about me if this is true? What meaning am I ascribing to this, this shortcoming, this failure, this sin? What is it? We have an opportunity to go, you know what? Yeah, that, all of that's true. Mm-hmm. And you're saved. Jesus paid for all of this. And you can change. He has given you the ability to walk away from this. When he mm-hmm. said, go and sin no more, he didn't give you a roadmap. He literally just said, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. If Jesus said it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Now, we may have to kind of struggle through what that looks mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but we, it can be done. So when I'm talking about, you know, we want to address things and you want to release things and you want to, when you release thoughts that are intrusive, make sure you're replacing them with things that are truth Mm -hmm. and positive. Mm -hmm. There are times in our life where we are going to need to behave and act and believe when we don't. Mm -hmm. And I I think that something that's undervalued in our growth as human beings is this concept that sometimes you just do it because it's the right thing to do, whether you believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Because eventually action creates motivation. So if you show up there, um, It was someone who was trying to do a New Year's goal. And she said, here's what I do. I parent myself. I like that, yeah. She said, I had to parent myself. So I knew that I wanted to walk every day, but Mm -hmm. I didn't set a time. So I would say, gosh, I really don't feel like walking today. Okay, here's what you're going to do, Callie. You're going to go, you're going to walk for 10 minutes. And when that 10 minute hits, you can get off if you want to, or you can keep going. You decide. So she said, I would get up and I would get, and I would go walk for 10 minutes. And then almost always I want to keep going. She said the action created the motivation for me. But a lot of times we flip it and we think we have to be motivated first before we do the action. That's interesting. Yeah. I I was reading and it's the idea that an agenda has inertia, meaning a plan has inertia. Mm -hmm. So if your plan is I, my, I know parenting myself works. There is momentum behind this idea, this Mm -hmm. concept. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the, it is just by virtue of the energy that you are investing mm-hmm. in this process, it has momentum. Learn to receive and ride it. I mean, don't fight that. If you have an inkling to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling that you have. There are moments and windows in your day where you're like, yeah, I feel like doing that. Well, great, do it. We need to be really conscious of this idea of negativity. It's pervasive and insidious. And uh, scientists and researchers have come to the conclusion that there's an evolutionary reason behind it. Our minds tend to default towards the negative. If you've ever wondered, like, why are we always, you know, cynical? Well, because it keeps us alive. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're thinking about like a thousand years ago, trying to stay alive, you had to be somewhat cynical because everything is trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. And everything isn't trying to kill us now. But, you know, ever since Adam ate an apple, our brains flipped and this is where we are. Mm -hmm. So we do need to be very intentional about putting positive thoughts there. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back to the plan and the process. Okay, Allison, uh, we end every episode with one question. Okay, cool. And it, you're going to be the first one to answer it. Yes. In 2022. <laughs> What's one thing you're so happy someone did tell you about? I'm going to say this in all seriousness. This will change your life. I can't wait. Heated weighted blankets. Okay, I have a heated 
it's a heating pad, but it's a weighted heating pad, and you can get them at Walgreens. They're just very comforting. I'm still, telling you, I'm this not will change sold your life. I'll be honest. Okay, everybody, we're going to do a crowdfund, and we're going to fund <laughs> Callie's weighted blanket. I'm not sold on it still, but I'll, I will no, take it under is, consideration. Now we're going to go fund me. I'll start a page, <laughs> and I'll have a compelling story that I'll probably make her write because she does it better than I'll I do. I'll just make it up about why Callie <laughs> needed this weighted blanket, and we'll all have it. Yes. Listen, what a way to go into 2022. <laughs> Allison, you are one of my favorites. Oh, you're so, thank you. You're so fun to t- and easy to talk to. I think Aww. that's why you're so good at what you do. Oh, thank but you. But what's the best way to get a hold of you if someone has questions or wants to know more? About I'm going to give you my work phone number. Allison. Yeah, if you have any, if I got any facts wrong, feel free to text me. So yeah, my work number is 865-900-7079. And this is the first time someone has shared a number. It's because I'm, it's my work number. <laughs> I love it. You can blow up my work phone. That's fine. Um, or you can go to my website, which is freedomcounselingknox.com. Yes. Yeah. So we can go to freedomcounselingknox.com or, you know, you might want to just get straight to her and just, use that yeah, work phone. Feel Send free her a to text. text me. Be nice, though. <laughs> Please be nice. Allison, thank you so much. Thanks, We're so grateful for you.